The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Monday, May 29th in Hong Kong, Sunday, May 28th in New York. And coming up today, Asian stocks may rise after U.S. negotiators agreed to a tentative deal on the debt crisis. Another hot inflation reading in the U.S. may persuade the Fed to hike interest rates again. And Boeing is said to be in talks to land its second major deal in Saudi Arabia this year. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy both sounding optimistic Congress will approve their plan to raise the debt ceiling. Russia warns of escalation in Ukraine. And surprise re-election for Turkey's President Erdogan. I'm Denise Pellegrini with Global News. One top 10 player gets eliminated in the first round of the French Open. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have that story. We have more coming up in Bloomberg Sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Rashad Salaman. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Right, well, the White House and uh, Republican negotiators uh, did reach a tentative compromise late Saturday. That's what we've been reporting, and it's all designed to raise the debt ceiling. The Chicago Fed President, Austin Goldsby, told CBS's Face the Nation that the last-minute deal is, quote, a little dangerous. As Chair Powell has stated from the beginning, we must raise the debt ceiling. Now, the fiscal decisions, of course, are between Congress and the president, and however they sort it out is is good by us. But if you if you did not do that, the consequences for the financial system and for the broader economy would be extremely negative. That's Austin. Uh, goals we heard here on Bloomberg. Goals we said that the recent debt impasse couldn't have come at a worse time, saying uncertainty centering uh, around uh, recent bank failures and the anticipation of a default has already been impacting financial markets. Lawmakers have until the 5th of June for the debt deal to pass through both houses of Congress. That's when Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said her department is expected to run out of cash to keep paying, paying its bills on time. In the meantime, Rish, more disappointing inflation news could help to persuade Fed policymakers to hike rates again. U.S. Commerce Department figures on Friday showed the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index rose faster than expected, 0.4% in April. We heard from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. This is going to be a problem for the Fed. This is their indicator. This is the one that they watch and they, they base policy on, and it is going the wrong direction. Now, it's not that they didn't think that would happen. They expected some volatility and lumpiness in the numbers. But about half of them or more said in the, the minutes and have said in speeches since then that they're going to 
probably need to raise rates more. So then the question becomes, do they do it in June or they do it in July? And this kind of moves up the timetable, one would think, perhaps June. Michael McKee. Fed officials have raised rates already by five full percentage points in the past 14 months in an effort to lower inflation. And the Fed chief, Jay Powell, has said that policymakers could afford to watch the upcoming data and see how inflation evolves. They'll get an additional read on employment and consumer prices prior to the Fed's next meeting in the middle of June. We hear that Boeing is working to land its second major deal in Saudi Arabia this year. The U.S. plane maker in talks to sell at least 150 of its 737 MAX jetliners to the startup Riyadh Air. Till the new carrier owned by Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund is shopping for about three to 400 single-aisle jets in total, including options. Talks are complicated with timing and structure still in flux. And we hear a possible announcement could be made at the Paris Air Show in the middle of June. And in the meantime, a made-in-China aircraft has flown its main maiden commercial flight with China Eastern Airlines. Uh, this is a jet that is set to rival Boeing and Airbus. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. China Eastern Airlines said the flight took off from Shanghai and landed safely in Beijing. Comac, the manufacturer of the C919 aircraft, first delivered the jet to China Eastern in December. China is looking to disrupt the dominance of Boeing and Airbus in commercial jet manufacturing. Both Airbus and Boeing have a full order book through to the end of the decade. It means that any carrier wanting narrow-body jets sooner may need to find an alternative. As of now, the C919 remains certified only to fly within China. And so far, Comac has garnered more than a thousand orders for the new jet. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. And coming up in a few moments, we will be talking with Steve Sosnick, chief strategist at Interactive Brokers, uh, to get the latest on how the market will interpret, interpret this tentative deal done on the debt ceiling. And also, we want to remind you that the swaps market is now projecting a nearly 70% chance of a rate hike in June. We'll talk with Steve also about whether or not um, Kevin McCarthy will actually be able to get this deal through. We didn't have any big China scheduled for release today, uh, the data there, but uh, we will get the PMIs on Wednesday. And as mentioned earlier, we did get industrial profits out over the weekend with a relatively disappointing reading. So that's all coming up seven minutes now past the hour. It's time for World News. Rising tension between Japan and North Korea, Russia warning of escalation in Ukraine. And as we've been reporting, a debt ceiling deal could be official quickly uh, or it could possibly still fall apart. Let's get to Denise Pellegrini in the Bloomberg Newsroom. Denise. Yeah, Brian, the official response is positive. President Biden says he's hopeful Congress will pass that deal to raise the debt ceiling. Voting could take place Wednesday. Reporters asking the president about possible snags. What are the sticking points? None. None. No sticking points, Biden says. Biden also says he believes he and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are in, quote, a good place. McCarthy says he expects their plan to raise the debt ceiling to pass with support from both sides of the aisle. I think at the end of the day, people can look together to be able to pass this in the House and the Senate together. Now, we're still learning what's in this deal. McCarthy says it cuts the IRS budget by almost $2 billion. That is, though, much less than many GOP lawmakers wanted. Also fails to overhaul energy industry permitting. That's another thing Republicans wanted. And Bloomberg White House reporter Gregory Cordy says the timing of the deal may have been good. But on the other hand, the fact that this is a holiday weekend, well, he says that could backfire. Yeah, a holiday weekend actually 
probably made this deal easier to reach in principle because, you know, all of the uh, the hardliners on both sides were out of town back in their districts and it allowed the negotiators for the White House and Speaker McCarthy to, to sit down without any distractions and hammer out a deal. But that also means that, uh, you know, it's that members are going to be hearing from their constituents about this deal over the weekend at Memorial Day parades or picnics or wherever they are. And if the news gets out and people don't like it, then then they could uh, the members could be returning to Washington on Tuesday inclined not to support this deal. Yeah, and Cardi also says watch for what the more extreme members of both parties say about this deal. We're tracking it all for you here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. In Turkey... That's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan defying the naysayers and sealing a re-election victory. This could mean more friction, though, with Western governments and also more certainty, uncertainty for investors. North Korea announcing plans to launch a spy satellite as soon as this Wednesday. That's according to Kyodo. Japan's prime minister calling on North Korea not to do it. Russia's ambassador to the UK warning of an escalation to the war in Ukraine as Britain and other Western allies commit increasingly advanced weapons to aid Kiev. And speaking on the BBC, the diplomat says the actions of NATO countries, especially the UK, risk lengthening and triggering a new dimension to the war. Ukraine says drone attacks on Kiev are intensifying. And in Texas, AG Ken Paxton has been impeached by a Republican-led state house. There have been 121 hours and 23 nays, two present non-voting, three absent. The resolution is adopted. And Paxton's ouster is temporary pending a Senate vote on a permanent removal, the House charging him with bribery and other offenses. Paxton is a champion of far-right GOP legal fights over guns. In 2020, you right remember, he's the one who asked the Supreme Court to overturn Joe Biden's presidential victory. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In the newsroom, I'm Denise Pellegrini. This is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. 
I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. Our guest is Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers. Steve, thanks for the double duty uh, and spending some time with us on your Sunday evening. So we're getting some positive sounds out of Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy about, about the deal, the tentative deal that has been struck. Uh, should we assume that this does get through, or do we need to be mindful that, uh, that the Freedom Caucus, they're always there and you never know? Um, good morning, Brian. Yeah, I, I think we, I think, well, I would say that this will, this should be bipartisan enough to get over the finish line, but not without some drama. Um, you know, I, I wrote earlier in the week that, you know, if, the, if we, even if we saw Biden and, and McCarthy come out holding hands and singing Kumbaya, there would still be people yelling at them and, and having problems that the deal would get done. But I think it does, I think you'll get people, you'll get some people falling off on the right. I, I think they'll be, they'll just, be impossible to win over. Um, the Progressive Caucus, they made some noise, um, you know, on some of the Sunday shows this morning, some of the more progressive members. But I think you'll, you'll get enough down the middle um, who really don't want to see the U.S. government, you know, drive off the cliff um, to, to, get the deal across, to get the deal across the table. Now, uh, here, Steve, you know, we've got uh, at least one uh, Fed official, uh, Austin Goldsby, just saying that, you know, whatever they'll, they'll work with, whatever the, uh, uh, the federal government actually comes up with. But ultimately, how are they going to look at this? Um, well, I mean, it, it's, probably, it, it's probably enough of a status quo that it's not going to change things too, too much. Um, we're not getting, the, you know, I guess on the good side, it doesn't look like there's huge amounts of spending cuts which would present a problem for the Fed and present a problem for the mark for markets, quite frankly, um, because you know if you have big spending cuts, that's a, fish, a fiscal headwind, sort of reverse Keynesianism, as it were. Um, but but the Fed, you know, that would present a problem for the Fed because you don't necessarily want to see them um, aggressively tightening at the same time fiscal policy is tightening. But this seems like a very modest tweak to fiscal policy. Um, which is why the which is why the Freedom Caucus is going to have a huge problem with it. Um, but as a result, I don't think it changes um, things very much for the Fed. Um, as a result, if we look at dollar weakness and uh, equity equity futures in Asia, uh, also S and P E minis, it, it looks like we will get a relief rally here. I think there was some people that were thinking maybe you know there was always a chance that you would uh, buy the or sell the rumor and buy the fact or vice versa and. Uh, in this case, it looks like we will rally. Uh, would you prefer in this environment that the Fed would actually raise in June and then pause, or should they pause now and assess? Um, I, I, you know, at this point, I think they should do what the market thinks they should do. Um, the bottom line is, I think as long as if they've, if they've convinced the markets that 25 basis points is coming sooner rather than later, then just do it. Um, if they're not, I think what the market really doesn't like from the Fed are surprises. Um, and so if you've got a 70% chance that it's going to happen shortly and they're going to do it anyway, well, then just do it. Because I think, I think what happens is if you start to get a consensus that they're going to raise rates and then they end up not raising rates, people start to wonder, uh-oh, what do they see that we don't? Um, and so I think just if, you've, if your whole point is to be transparent and guide the market with your thinking, um, then do that. Now, by the way, just about buy the rumor, sell the news, I don't think that this initial reaction takes a sell the news reaction off the table. Because remember, we, we, were, we, we really were not pricing in much of the chance of default, at least stocks were, and certainly there'll be yeah. parts of the curve. 
Um, but that also, there also could be an interesting reaction in, bond, in the bond market because it means the Treasury is going to be free to raise a lot of money, and they need to. So you could actually see some reactions in that regard spilling over into equities beyond the initial, you know, happy news, which it is good news. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately, Steve, there's the old adage that uh, markets hate uncertainty, but the reverse is they couldn't live without and there wouldn't be a market. Now, Steve, <laughs> you know, what are you looking at aside from this? How does, uh, you know, where, where do you find yourself as uh, a strategist? Well, I mean, I, I wrote something the other day, which at this point, it's, it's NVIDIA's world and we're all living in it or investing in it. Um, and that, you know, that to me, the, the, the NVIDIA being the poster child of the AI craze, um, you know, we're starting to get into Internet land, um, Internet 99 land. We're not there yet. The, 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 the valuations are nowhere close. But, you know, one of the interesting parallels to me is think about when you think back to back then, everybody would get excited because company XYZ would say, oh, at their conference call, oh, we're announcing a website. Well, they're now in spend, you know, all saying we're spending money on AI to figure out how AI works in our business. Now, AI's been out there for a while. It's not something brand new. But, you know, the beneficiaries, like, you know, the beneficiaries, NVIDIA, Marvell Technology, et cetera, they're benefiting because companies are just throwing money at the problem. And so that, not, well, not the problem, at, 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 the, at the topic. And so that's really the theme to watch right now is, is can this carry over and can this select group of stocks, um, which, are, which are carrying the broad indices, Will that spill over? Will we get a rotation into um, into a broadening rally, which right now is remains yeah. very very thin? Yeah, that's where I wanted to go with this. Uh, if by chance uh, people slow down on big tech and say, "Wow, that's been a powerful rally year to date," uh, and if by chance they were to peel back a little or go sideways, could you see cyclicals or let's say the um, even weight index of the S and P benefit from that? Um, you could, um, and that you know that would be the natural rotation trade. But I don't know that it would be enough to compensate at this point because of the top heaviness of the indices, and because we don't really see we're not getting this broad-based economic pull from you know that would that would lift a lot of the cyclicals higher. Um, we certainly didn't hear great news from the vast majority of retailers, which is telling you the consumer is a bit nerved, unnerved right now, I should say. Um, and so it, it, would be, it would be nice to see that rotation. I would love to, to see it happen, but I think you need a little more consensus that the economy remains solid and that consumers remain um, enthusiastic for the yeah. full rotation to take place without causing damage to the broader market. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa... Play Bloomberg 11.30. Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Rashad Salamat. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha 
for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.